Good morning, Mr. Bannister. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Uh, again, we, you know. Oh, you're going to do your honesty thing again. Yeah, you? it's we have to be honest. We are again in Khan's living room and not in the lobby of a cinema. We pretend we're that, that dedicated that we went to we the cinema at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Some of our listeners, no, one of our listeners, no, the one listener <laughs> might care about this. Anyway, so we want to we wanna talk about, we're going to do something uh, again a little bit different because this is a lobby cast extra. So we're going to talk about films that we have seen but not with one another. Because occasionally we, we do see films. Well, now we have to because oh, someone yeah. moved. Yeah, all right. I'm Are we going to let that go at some no, point? No, not until you move back. <sighs> um, so do you want to make a start? Because you've got three, I've got three. Oh, uh, right. Now, I feel we thought to come with some sort of caveat because <laughs> of the three, there's one which isn't as bad as the other two. Oh, yeah. But I've been on a bit of a bad run. <laughs> I have to say. Well, because when, you went to see those films. Well, that's part of the surprised. problem. When, when The Meg is one of the best films you've seen in the past couple of months, you know, good. you know you're on a bad run. But I'm going to open up with... Oh, what to talk about. I'm going to start with The Spy Who Dumped Me. Oh, God, do you have to? Um, I'm afraid I do. Is that Melissa McCarthy? No, no, oh, no. That, that, that's, that's, that's the Murder Muppets one. Which oh, I, which that's is, the Murder Muppets After a week is down at one screening and I still can't bring myself to go and watch it and I love the Muppets. That is not going to happen. Uh, the Spy Who Dumped Me is Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. Kate, I like Mila Kunis. I, so do I, big uh, fan. I like Kate McKinnon in Ghostbusters. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, we saw the trailer one day and it made us chuckle in a couple of places and we thought, you know what, it might not be terrible. Now, to be fair, most American comedies aren't that funny. But we thought they don't deserve it. the type of comedy they for don't. one. They really no. don't. And we just thought, oh, we'll give it a crack. How bad can it be? Well, <laughs> it turns, turns out, out atrocious. <laughs> Absolutely atrocious. You know you've lost all interest um... in it when you're actually picking up continuity errors. <laughs> and you're wondering why a guy who's broken his left shoulder, this is important, okay, he's yeah. broken mm-hmm. his, his left arm on. Yeah. is in a sling. Okay, good, yeah. Mm-hmm. This and is not the state at this point. No, no? and you is, see is him driving... No, sadly not. It would be a much better film. Would have been better. You see him driving, using the steering wheel with his left arm. Yeah, as you do when you have a broken shoulder. Exactly. And then, later on, within the same scene... But it might have been in the rearview mirror, you see. Oh, no, because it's side-on shot. Oh. Side-on shot. He then attempts... He then attempts... He completes a handbrake turn, which last time I checked isn't actually possible with one arm. It's a two-handed operation. You oh, yeah. cannot spin well, you the wheel 360 Well, you could have the steering wheel between your teeth. No? <laughs> no, I'm no. trying to be too kind to this film. It's, so It's essentially... It's, there are questionable bits in it. There are attempts at jokes. Kate McKinnon, who I loved in Ghostbusters, her job apparently is, just, is right. just to gurn, and that's where the joke is. Okay. And James Fleet... Now, I like James Fleet. I like James Fleet a lot. He was in Four Weddings and Funeral many years ago. He's the lovely little cuddly one in... Oh, James Vicar Fleet. of Dibley. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. The lovely you know, little yeah. cuddle one. And he was very good in the last series of Unforgotten. Not in any of that. Crime drama. Very okay. good. Well worth watching. But what he isn't, on any, any level, is a Russian supervillain. James Fleet. Does he put on the Russian accent? He attempts like this. the Russian okay, accent. Very good. But James Fleet is one of those people who, 
if he was threatening you, you would just laugh. <laughs> and want to give him a hug. Yeah, because clearly <laughs> you're having a bad day, Jay. Sit down, have a coffee. Or, or not tea, because no one should drink coffee. Um, and so he just, says, it's, whilst it's, I'm drinking coffee, that's great. Well, yeah, you Europeans. Is there any wonder we're leaving? Um, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on, would you like me to see this film? Would you reckon this is, this no, is the, the caveat in this, here? This falls into the category of, I would urge everybody to go and see this film just because I don't like suffering alone. Fair enough. Fair enough. But by any reasonable measure, if you find yourself at home on a Sunday night with nothing else to watch, you've watched everything imaginable and that's the last thing showing, you should still not see it. Read them. <laughs> read the, the listings for TV shows. Yes, totally. Go watch something else again. So we've now wasted... Wait, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we have now spent five minutes on this film uh, that no one should go and see. So I'm going to make it... I've, I've seen three sort of... It's odd, but they are thematically similar films uh, mm. this year, and and they go back quite a quite a while now. But I'm going to start with the probably most recent one, which is called Leave No Trace. Uh, Leave 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 No Trace is uh, with Ben Foster and Thomasin Thomason. I don't know how to say it, Mackenzie, uh, and it is essentially a drama about two people that have left normal society and by which I mean they live out in the forest by themselves uh, out uh, near Portland, Oregon, I believe, or near Seattle, somewhere there. Um, and essentially the story is that they eventually get discovered, and this is in the trailer, this is no spoiler, they eventually get discovered by the authorities. And the entire film, and then Kermode was going on and on and on, that's why you're, you're making that face, on and on about, about that film. Uh, and it's essentially about the relationship between between Ben Foster, who plays a character called Will, uh, and, and, and his daughter, uh, Thomason, or played, played a character called Tom, uh, incidentally, uh, and about how sometimes society sees relationships between fathers and daughters as something sinister and something... They, they you know, they, they, the whole authorities are, are trying to put a spin on it like you know did he hurt you is he is he looking at you funny and all that whereas the whole film is just about them having a, a completely normal loving relationship where they care about each other and want to protect each other from almost a 1984 feeling society uh, that that sort of infringes on their right to just be human and just be out in the world and look after themselves oh, okay. um absolutely fantastic film uh out of the three it is still the one i would rate the lowest believe it or not even though it has an imdb rating of 88 uh, as a meta score yeah can't trust that uh, well I, I, I tend to sometimes agree with it uh, and it's very much a, a film that is that has two main actors in it and then lots of people around the edges but it is a film about loneliness it is a film about family it's a film about uh suffering it's a film about uh finding what it means to be human i think and i'm um, already oh, sounds funnier than the spy who dumped me definitely <laughs> it's not funny it really is not no, a funny yeah, no film the... <laughs> no it's the spy who dumped me so that's all i'm going to say go go absolutely if you if you can seek it out we had to look around there was only one cinema in edinburgh that showed this uh, but it was well well worth it so over oh, okay. to you i shall make a note to try and track that down um on a lighter note, I'm going to move on to something. I'm going to attempt to be a bit more positive. I don't know how I'm going to manage this. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of Ocean's Eleven. 12 and 13, yeah, didn't we need them? But Ocean's Eleven is slick and fast and snazzy and really, really, really super fun. So I was actually re really looking forward to Ocean's 8, especially as I'm a fan of female reboot of Ghostbusters. So I thought this could oh, yeah, be really, really good. Have you not seen that yet? No, Get that I know I have to. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, and Kate McKinnon's funny in that. Um, 
and I was, so I was really looking forward to this, and I was expecting, initially, basically, a female remake. Brilliantly, it's not that. Danny, Sandra Bullock plays Danny Ocean's sister. It picks up from after Ocean's 13. Time, okay, not yeah. necessarily thematically or plot Like The Incredibles with like four seconds in between? Or? No, 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 no. They just, they move events on. Oh, okay. okay. So things have, yeah, things have happened and whatever, and they're, they're now in a different place many years down the line. Um, and it's basically get, the, get a group of girls together to do a heist. Now, brilliantly, I did see one complaint about it that, oh, it's just absolutely typical. The girls were doing girly things and stealing diamonds. Your blokes steal diamonds too. And you know what? Doing a raid on a hardware store doesn't really have the same impact. Diamonds are valuable. <laughs> Most people don't want to change them. We stole bricks and mortar. That's yeah, right. Because we wanted to smash the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah it's not going to work. Um, but it was a really, really weird experience. And I've not had this before. In that I thoroughly enjoyed the film. James Corden made me laugh, which was weird in itself. Wait, that's a dog trying to... Oh. Hello, dog. Um, but, in the classic sort of, bit like a Chinese takeaway, I walked out of there, walked out of the screening, stop talking to the dogs, they'll ignore you anyway. <laughs> I walked out of the screening, and it was like I hadn't seen a film. I was left completely unmoved. I possibly would even see it again. But it didn't leave me with any emotion whatsoever. I came out for a film I enjoyed, feeling nah. And that was a really weird thing. And the one thing you said to me... it's not fast enough and it's not slick enough. In, in terms of whether I should see it, the one thing you said to me is, well, there's a reason why they called it Ocean's 8. Because there's going to be a 9, well, there's the going to be a 10. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the fact that thematically it, start, it starts Ocean 11, but they've gone back to 8, that gives them self-leeway to do oh. two more. That was obvious. And I, I saw... You know what I saw? And... and this is the second time I talk about the Graham Norton show, which I don't usually watch, but sometimes on YouTube clips come up. And I saw, I think, almost the entire cast of Ocean's 8 on the Graham Norton show. At least, Probably, yeah. at least Sandra Bullock was there. Uh, and Rihanna was there, I think. Yeah. And, um, and oh, they just Rihanna came across... And nothing again, I don't know them. I know, I'm, it's not a value judgment, but they didn't come across very sympathetically in that show. And that turned me off seeing the film. And I know that's yeah, completely yeah. unrelated, but I was like... It feels as though you're putting on a false harmony for this TV show, even though they well, kept see, saying, "Oh, we're not putting on a false harmony." It's interesting you say that because during the parallel Ghostbusters again, and mm. again, I just like to stress, Ocean's Eight is not remake; it's yes. a prequel film. Yeah. I don't know it's a sequel, oh, it's a sequel. Of, but with a female cast. Uh, they 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 do it very well to justify it, but. Ghostbusters, you felt like all four of them were having an absolute blast, and that all four of them got on really well. Kate Blanchett looks disinterested. Now, I know mm. that's supposedly the cool affectation of the character, mm -hmm. but she looks disinterested. Sandra Bullock, I love to bits, but I don't know why she's an actress. I imagine she'd be an absolutely brilliant teacher or social or TV worker she would care, but she's never really, anything I've seen her in, and I like her a lot, really owned a film. And Rihanna just shouldn't be allowed near screen. <laughs> she can't. So this is a no from you. <laughs> There's no reason to see it. That's the saddest thing about it. Unless you're... Well, not even if you're a big fan of the first three. Because no. no one's in it. No. Unless there's cameos, which I don't want to know. So no, I'm going to move right. on to a film that probably couldn't be more different from Ocean's 8. Uh, and again, like I said, it's it, the three films I'm talking about today are thematically somewhat similar. This is probably another one that's... that's. Uh, I think I saw this after the third one. But it is. it comes up as 2017 and it's called 
you will never really hear. Now, I'm a huge fan of, and I'm going to butcher this, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, ever since Walk the Line, uh, I think he's one of the, the finest actors that are out there. What? What? We're not going into that. That's what I'm saying. When did you um, have this blow on the head? <laughs> I, I love that song. Anyway, so you were never really here. It's, the relationship I described uh, in, in Leave No Trace between a father and a daughter of being just a normal family that society is trying to, to imprint something sinister onto is very, very different in this film. So this is about a, a character called Joe, uh, who is a, nothing really, I think the entire film probably has about 123 words in it. It is not a wordy mm, film. Good. The entire film is driven by sound and the soundscape <sighs> and the music that is in it. But even the music is really subdued. I remember one scene particularly, and I think Kermode spoke about this, but I now understand why. There's a film of him walking across gravel it's the most sinister thing that you'll see in the entire film because they have this crunchy noise that just goes through you if you have a decent sound system at the cinema. And anyway, it is about this character called called Joe, and he apparently is a is a traumatized veteran, which I don't think is necessarily obvious from the from the film because it doesn't feel the need to tell a backstory and and you know explain itself necessarily to the audience. Um. But what he is, he is, uh, so you've seen John Wick, right? Yes. So imagine John Wick without any funny lines, without any uh, stylized violence, without any jumping around Matrix style, uh, cool backstory of a hotel, which like all the, you know, that's sort of the romanticization, romanticization yeah. of uh, being a, a hitman. Imagine a film like that with Joaquin Phoenix in the lead role and, and you've got You Were Never Really Here. So it has the sort of okay. the, the, the style of I just go in, get shit done yeah. and get out of there. Uh, and it and it has a uh, it has an interesting backstory that I don't want to give away. I don't want to tell you why he goes in and, and does things. But there are thematic similarities. Does he do it for reasons? He does do it for good reasons, in oh, my good opinion. Reason. So absolutely go and see that. Uh, it is a, a very quiet film in a way, um, but Joaquin Phoenix is in, in, outstanding in that performance. Have you ever seen Stoker? I don't think years. I have, no. Because that's, if you like how sound can play a part yeah. in a film, Stoker is, is it, absolutely brilliant. As in Bram Stoker? No, Jack, no, 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 no not, not even remotely connected. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, you can't really explain what the story's about. Okay. Um, but, it's an absolutely brilliant film, and the sound is as much a part of the plot. Yeah, and I didn't think that else. was possible until I saw this yeah. film. Yeah, and it just that blew me away because it's just like you hear little things behind. Oh, have we got a crack on? We got a crack on. Oh. This was my sign. This was off, 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 off screen. I was going to say there you was were, no yes. screen here. Right. Well, okay. Very quickly, we will wrap this this one up. Um, I had one film <laughs> I couldn't stand. One film I wasn't that bothered about, and one film that. Somehow I managed to like and hate in the space of two and a half hours. I think the two and a half hours was the problem. And we move on to, and I don't even know where this is now in the franchise. I think it's something like Mission Impossible 44. Um, Mission Impossible Fallout. Now, the last Mission Impossible film was absolutely dumb as nuts fun. The jokes worked. Dumb as nuts fun. <laughs> jokes worked. The action was really slick. It was just an absolute romp. And it was Fast pace, quick in, quick out. I think it was about two hours, and everything blew up, and everything fell down, and everyone got shot, and it was fantastic. I didn't see it. That I gave is... up after the third one, I think. Yeah. Go back to it. I see. don't disagree with that okay. at all, because I did actually watch them all before that one came out, and I, did, <laughs> I wish I hadn't, but I did. Um, but the last one is well worth watching, because it's just fun. 
So this one turns up. You think, well, the last one was fun, so they're going to carry on the fun thing. And then I heard one reviewer say that she thought because of the way the action scenes were done, because Cruz gets himself right in on the action, for, which helps the shoot yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the scene, that it was effectively Tom Cruise's Swan Lake. <laughs> okay. Which, you know, okay, you're, you're reaching there, but we'll go with it. And then you sit down and you watch it, and it starts off in the usual blah, 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 ding, and shoot, bang, 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 and it's all absolutely fine. There's twists and turns and all of the whose side are they on and whose side are they on, and that's absolutely fine. And it gets to about the two-hour mark, and you think, do you know what? This hasn't been this. too bad. It's all right. And then you realise that they haven't wrapped it up, and you have another half an hour for them to actually tie yeah. up the loose and they ends. have to go to another place. I think they end up at the arse end to bet. <laughs> and that's where you have, if you see the trailer, the helicopter thing, like, that's which where Which continent that's have we not been on for yeah, this shoot? Just, effectively, that's it. Well, we haven't done the Himalayas yet. Quick, it's going to blow up the Mount Everest. Quick, can we afford to go down and Antarctica? It's just, there, is one of the, there is one character in the film, I can't say who, but the minute he appeared on screen, I went, well, he's the baddie then. <laughs> And you know what? I was, it was right. subtle then. Yeah, and it's it's an actor I don't like. I just an actor I don't think is very good at his job. And the fact that he walked on screen and he went, "That's him." Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there we are. Like, yeah, I'm supposed to give brooding menace, but actually, sort of still suggest I might be a da 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 da. And it's just like, yeah, that hasn't worked. He's absolutely terrible. And he's like, two, two hours, it was okay. And Honestly, then after about the two hour mark, and I don't often do this in a film we were seriously looking at each other saying are we going to stick this out to the end wow because it had just gone on too long two hours would have been absolutely what is it fine with these two and a half hours i don't know because like, the avengers are two and a half hours but you don't notice because it's so good but when you've got to stretch it and bolt more stuff on look at it again and go do we need that extra half an hour no we can take that out and you've got a two hours solid film 90 and i'm going to take fun. that as a uh, as a leading into my last film uh, and I've even, just realised... You haven't even asked if, if I should suggest you go, you go and see that. Yeah, right? I, I just assumed from this no. glowing review that I shouldn't go in and the see same, it. In the same way that I want people to see The Spy Who W because I don't like suffering alone, I won't inflict Mission Impossible Fallout on anyone. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. <laughs> so what are you moving on to? So my last film uh, is, a, is a film that is actually one hour, 30 minutes, and I've just Ooh, looked back and like all that. three films that I'm reviewing today uh, are about the one thirty mark, which oh, is probably part beautiful. of why I, I like that so much. That'll help a lot. So this one is a film that probably this year, and it's again, it's listed as 2017. I saw it earlier this year. It's called Dark River, and that's probably even more difficult to seek out. Um, but it is probably the film that stayed with me the most. And the same goes for, for Sarah, my, my girlfriend. Uh, I think we talked about this film a couple of months down the line. I don't know why you keep talking about it. She doesn't exist. She's, she's fake. Um, <laughs> fake news. Um, and we like a couple of months later, it, it kept coming back, and that's again partly down to the music. There's the the title track is called "An Acre of Land" by PJ Harvey, and Ooh. if you if you manage to just seek out that film, that if you just listen to that, sorry, seek out that song, if you just listen to that track, you sort of know three quarters about what the film is about and how the film feels and how it Ooh. makes you feel, which Ooh, which okay. is amazing. Well, but in in short, uh, uh, Ruth Wilson, whom I adore anyway because she's in Luther and she's in The Affair. And she's just a, a top-billed actress these days. And Mark Stanley played play the lead role. She's um, also in Mission Impossible. Is she in Mission Impossible? Fantastic. Um, and think, oh, no, she's not. That's Rebecca Ferguson. I get the two confused. Different, different, they all, yeah. They all um, and basically, uh, her father dies, and she hasn't been 
in on the farm in Yorkshire to to which she returns to find her brother sort of having run down the entire business. Is, uh, this, is this a British film? It is a British film, and I'll get onto that because it's mm. it's a really important part. And um, you know how Sean Beam always dies in every film that he's in, and in every TV show that he's in, yes. and usually very quickly. Yep. Well, in this film, he's already dead at the beginning. Which I think is oh, a, fantastic. Is an interesting twist, but. So basically, one one of the main things about this film it is not only British; it's actually entirely uh, filmed and produced by companies in Yorkshire. So it it takes place in Yorkshire. The sound editing, the filming, all the location, the location scouting, the music production, the film production, everything takes place in Yorkshire, uh, which is really really cool. And it takes place in in because you know when Yorkshire usually gets depicted in films, it's sort of rolling green hills and cute sheep and little dry stone walls yeah, and stuff and like that. Invariably, a bloke with a flat cap. You got flat cap, absolutely going chewing on a piece of straw. Uh, invariably, yeah. This film Which, couldn't show a more different side to Yorkshire funny story. if it tried. When I moved to Yorkshire, we got one of those with the house. <laughs> Brilliant. I forget his name. He just lived on the gate every day. But Dark River uh, is is a dark film. Yeah, it's a I brooding really film. It's film. a it's it's brutal in 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 parts. It's again a very quiet film. Probably about four hundred words, most of them shouted. Uh, and it's also a very tender, very sensitive, very sensible film in parts of it. And it just leaves you. I think we we I think we sat at the end of that film and watched the entire uh, credits roll through because we were like, like wow, this was profound uh, and for such a small film you know again only one cinema showed it and i think there was two screenings a month at this point and yeah. we, we did, uh, did definitely sort out one of them uh, it's it's yeah it's my, probably the one that i left for last because it is the best one that i've seen this year oh, I'm so looking far for, i'm definitely going to track that now i'm gonna look at no one asked you <laughs> yeah it still didn't ask you <laughs> I'm definitely going to track that down. That sounds absolutely right up my strasse. That sounds absolutely right fantastic. up my strasse. On that note, we have things to get on with, like breakfast. Oh, we have to go and have breakfast, don't we? That's and we shall see tea. you guys soon. Any last words? Yeah, I better go let the cat out. All right, bye. bye.